Welcome to Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What. This podcast is for those who are committed to thriving no matter where they are on that journey. And I say journey because thriving isn't about achievement. It's not a destination. It's about engagement. When we feel like we are energized by our life. My name is Bobby Kaler, and I'm your host. And I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. I mentioned that it's a journey, and you might find yourself anywhere along that path. You may be starting out. You may be moving up within an organization. You might be an entrepreneur, a business owner, a salesperson, or self-employed. Or you may be that person who just feels like something's calling to you, and it's time for a change. My mission is to provide stories that inspire us so that when those moments of doubt darken our doorway, we will choose to persist. I will also provide practical skills, perspectives, and ideas that will help us create the habits of thriving and flourishing. Because at the end of the day, this is all about providing hope, knowledge, and assurance that we can all be more fulfilled and successful if we choose. Let's get right to today's episode. Today's guest has navigated some crossroads and big transitions. He went from being a chemistry major to having a 15-year business career, to being a financial planner, to being a composer and pianist known around the world. He now has composed and recorded 12 albums, and his music touches 5 million lives annually across 140 countries. I encourage you to check out his music for a dose of peace, inspiration, and hope. In 2004, he founded a nonprofit ministry called Music to Light the World, which has donated 75,000 CDs to cancer patients and others needing hope and healing. His name is Stanton Lanier, and I cannot wait for you to meet him. And the music that you're enjoying in the background is some of Stanton's that he's graciously allowing us to use. It's from one of my favorite songs of his called Walking on Air. Enjoy. Hi, Stanton. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Bobby. It's great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, I know that you have a very interesting journey, and I've gotten to hear some of it already, but let's get right to it. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how it all started? Yes. Well, I've been composing instrumental music for 20 years now, um, but you have to go back further to, to piano lessons that started in the first grade. Wow. And then writing my first song with lyrics when I, when I was 14, um, but then getting a bachelor's degree in chemistry and an MBA and having a 15-year business career that all kind of prepared me to surrender to this musical gift and calling that I had. And, and that's when I wrote the first instrumental melody. It's what it led up to that. You mentioned surrender there. Tell me a little bit more about that. In my 20s, I mean, I... I had this ability with the piano and I could write music and had like a sophomore and senior recital in high school where I memorized 10 classical pieces uh, and, you know, played a concert program. And I, I was, I'd written about 15 songs um, 
Wow. But everybody was saying you should go to get a good education and get a good job. So the I went to Georgia Tech, ended up changing from engineering to chemistry. And then the MBA was to round out my technical education, if you will, you know, to round out sort of the people side of that. And I went into consulting and financial planning. Um, but I was in these years, I would, the way I describe it, looking back, I was striving mm. to succeed, sort of um, trying too hard um, and not letting go of that. Um, so five years into my career and we, I had gotten married to my wife, Lori, in 1990, um, I'd had pretty much a job uh, for every year. <laughs> I had one that lasted about two or three years and then I had one for six months and one for a year and all these, all these four different career pursuits were, were overly striving. And I didn't see that until I came to a point of surrender in the fall of uh, 1994. So I was, I was 30 years old and I really was, uh, I had faith in God and I was, I was talking to him saying, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? Cause this is not working. Um, I was striving to succeed. And the, the phrase that came along later in the story was abiding to receive instead of striving to achieve. Yeah. So by trusting God with my life and what he wanted me to do, um, that started in the mid nineties. And, you know, it wasn't until the year 2000 that I wrote the first instrumental melody from inspired by scripture. Um, and in 2004 that I became a full-time pianist and composer and founded wow. a nonprofit called music to light the world. So it was kind of, you know, five years into the surrender was the nudging about the music. And I started writing the music. And then five years later, I became full-time. So um, anyway, there's a lot in there that we can discuss. But I, I wrote 30 melodies while I was a financial planner and released three albums on the side. <laughs> so, wow. So music was part-time. But everybody was like, man, this is really, I just gave it away to people at, at, in the beginning. And they said, this is really good. Like, I don't know if you're going to be doing financial planning <laughs> for too much longer. Um, so it sort of became a fulfilling dream yeah. to pursue music now. And you said you started Music to Like the World, what did you say, 2005? 2004 it was founded, yeah. So the idea was was birthing uh, in the year leading up to uh, 2004. And so it was founded in the spring and then in the summer, um, August 1st, 2004 was my first day full-time uh, with Music to Like the World as a pianist composer, you know, to share God's peace and hope um, through an instrumental piano. Yeah. So give us a little snapshot of how it's turned out for you. Oh, wow. It's, there's so much transformation in my life. Um, <laughs> um, and there's, you know, there's challenges and there's, there's struggle, but there's victories and there's blessing um, all mixed together. Uh, so I stand in awe in 2020, you know, just, looking back and then looking at the present and then very excitedly, you know, looking ahead. Um, I've composed a, a, about 140 melodies um, and released 12 albums and piano books and sheet music and little by little, one day, one week, one month at a time, God took it around the world to be heard in like a hundred countries now. So it's streaming all the time. Um, mm. And it's a universal language when, especially when you have instrumental music, um, Johann Sebastian Bach had, had a great quote that I discovered right in the beginning years of Music Like the World. And he, he said that the aim and final end of all music should be unto the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul. 
And I just love that because he was one of my favorite composers that I played in high school and his, his inventions and his preludes and just the music he composed. Uh, and he, he composed a lot of music. Um, and he had another funny quote that said, if anybody worked as hard as me, they could have written as much music. <laughs> as <me."> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank you, Bach. You know, uh, thank you, Johan. Cause yeah, it wasn't, it's not that, <laughs> not that easy, but you know, he, he, he wrote most of his music 300 years ago. And it, when you hear it today, it makes you stop. Oh, it does. And listen, um, the Yesu Joy Man's Desiring or amazing melodies and inventions. There's, there's a cello, uh, piece anyway Bach is incredible so so he's an inspiration to me um, and I just uh, am grateful that little by little um, that my instrumental music has gone out into the world to speak to people's hearts uh, across languages and cultures and uh, this message of peace and hope and healing and slowing down in this busy world um, to listen and reflect and and hopefully sense God's voice nudging that listener, you know, to do what they're called to do mm-hmm. um, and to follow their, their purpose and passion. Yeah. You know, since we talked last time, Stanton, I was thinking about, you said that when, when music is, when it's instrumental, it truly is universal. There is no language. Um, right. And, and I was thinking about just how, how true that statement is. And then referring, you know, thinking about that quote by Bach, what was it? Replenishing the soul, soul or refreshing the soul? Refreshing, yes, to, to glorify God and refresh the soul. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what music at its best can really do. Right, lots of genres, even within instrumental, and there's different ways people enjoy it. And some might really be kind of an escape and a chill out or relax, or you know they're cooking dinner or they're reading a book or. But sometimes you might. My hope is it, it engages on a deeper level some of the time, if not more, you know, just where, where it makes people pause and listen and reflect and think on something positive and beautiful and good, you know, that's uh, that's meaningful to them and or memories, you know, good memories or or hopes for, for the present or the future, you know. Yeah. And on that note, there's a quote on your website that that I loved. It really spoke to me. And it's, no. don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and do that yes. because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Tell me more about that quote and why it speaks to you. Yes. Yeah, so these are going to be some of the, the threads to the, the sort of the awe and wonder that I'm in looking back. Because I basically, uh, uh, you know, there's a real strong analytical side to me, with, especially with the chemistry and the math and the numbers, yeah. um, I, I'm really, numbers come really naturally for me. Um, I, I do math in my head and, or just, I just think analytically. So I'm kind of introverted that way. Um, my dad was a PhD analytical chemist and my mom wow. was an art major. <laughs> and, and, we, and I have two younger brothers. So they, my mom had the three of us take piano. So I have this creative artistic side that was kind of on the back burner or more latent in my life for a long time. And so this quote about, um, you know, coming alive and don't ask yourself what the world needs, but what makes you come alive. The, the music in me was really life giving and it had been in high school, but it really went dormant for, for mostly, you know, I, I still played the piano and, was was I uh, didn't ever stop, but you know, in my twenties and thirties, it wasn't at the front. Um, 
but then when I started to write these melodies in, in 2000, this, the last 20 years I've been more alive mm. uh, than I've ever been in my life in terms of just, Oh my goodness. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of us with our education and with our career, we're saying, okay, what does the world need right now? Like, okay, we need more computer programmers. So maybe I'll major in that and get a good job and have a good life. I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but you know, people can right. think about what's the job market like and, oh, maybe I should major in business instead of in biology, even though I really like science, <laughs> you know, um, whatever, whatever it may be, this is the redemptive story of God, how, he wants to kind of, uh, there's not only just the save, salvation, like from eternal standpoint, but just saving us from ourselves and sort of that striving that I alluded to earlier, trying so hard to do well and be a good, you know, employee or have a successful business, be a good husband, be a good father, be a, a wife, a mother, you know, all these things that we want to be, all those things can be included when we uh, pursue what makes us come alive. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not like you're leaving, you're not leaving things on the table. You're actually enhancing um, your life story when you have a, because we all have one or two gifts or passions that really do stir us and they can be vocational or avocational. You know, it doesn't have to be your job, but it, it possibly could and should, you know, turn into your more of your time, you know, how you spend. But if it's avocational, if it's a hobby, it still feeds the soul with purpose and fulfillment and it touches other people. Um, That's right. So you can have you can have a lot of joy, you know, gardening or writing poetry or writing music or teaching a class or any anything gifting that might be on the on the side, you know, from our perspective. But but it's so meaningful and rich, um, whatever it is and however it takes shape. And that's that's where it's the one day at a time that it, that it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen quickly. It's more of a marathon. Yep. So I think it's a great point that it can be either you know as a hobby or it can be vocational. How did you know? I mean, cause at that point you, you were married. How no. did you know it was time to make it what you did, you know, a job or your true vocation? Right. This, this is where the, the challenges come in. I mean, there's exciting things happening, uh, but, but there's like fear and uncertainty. Um, oh, yeah. So we were, uh, we had a, we had a seven year old uh, and a four year old when the music light, the world began. Wow. And my wife had come home from her, like a 10 year career. Um, she, she had a good job and was doing really well, but she, with our second child, she decided to come home and focus on them for to, in those years. And so I was the breadwinner and um, we were both scared um, and not sure, but what was happening the way I really like to, if it can help people and encourage people that we all have these inner affirmations, which is sort of like our, the voice in our head or that, or our heart telling us like, you should try this, you know? And I, for me, I like to, from the faith connection, I just say, Lord, is there something you want me to hear? You know, to, so I try to hear God's voice in this way. Um, and so what was happening, I was having these inner stirrings that maybe this is what I should do. Mm -hmm. And this was there for a few years. And the way that it built was the outer affirmation, which is from other people. So what's really the challenge is the waiting because we all have this inner stirring and we're so excited um, and we want it to happen right away. Um, but for some of us, the outer affirmation comes uh, more slowly or, or it takes longer um, or maybe it's not as much as we think it should be. But in my case, what was there just these 
mysterious and wonderful things that happened <laughs> where the music got heard by more people. Um, but I didn't strive to make it happen. Um, yeah. There was a, there was a lady at the office whose husband worked at the weather channel. This is just one crazy example, but he, he shared a, my second CD. I was still working as a financial planner. My second CD, he passed it to the music guy at the weather channel. And in February of 2003, it was on the local on the eights. One of my songs um, was on the local on the eights. So there were a dozen songs playing right back in those days. And my song played about every two or two or three hours. So maybe, you know, wow. 10 times a day. Um, but we got orders from 30 states um, for that CD. Um, That's I, awesome. They, they, they didn't, people didn't know what it was. They had to click about five, five levels deep <laughs> to find out what this song was and try to guess who, who this is. And then they had to Google that and, and find a, a rudimentary website we had set up. Got to start somewhere. Right. So, so I, I share that those kinds of uh, details just because it's an amazing process of, of following the stirrings in our heart. The, the inner affirmation, but then waiting and watching for the outward affirmation, like, Oh, would, could you do this again? Would you, would you please share with our group? Would, would you, uh, whatever, whatever it is people are, That's are doing, right. there's other people that are going to, and, and this is where I like to say, if we, if we create what we're inspired to create and, and that we, if we see our life as art, so we are all creative. Um, everyone can is creative for certain in a certain way. That's and right. If we, if we create what we are are stirred in our heart to to make, then there are people to consume. There, there are people mm. to receive our creativity. Um, that that was really a significant uh, breakthrough realization for me. That if I if I write a song, there's some people that want to hear it. Yeah. Um, but, the, but where we have to be patient is if it's 10 people or a thousand people, we don't know, we don't know, but be thankful for any opportunity, right? Uh, keep, keep humble and be grateful and say, you know, this is so amazing. Like that it's not about the numbers. Um, mm -mm. And that's where we have to trust God with the results and the outer, the outer experience. Um, and so that's how these outer things happened for about four years to where it became kind of undeniable that I would really be defying. Uh, I would be being defiant, you know, if I didn't try music to light the world. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think it's also not just, you know, people who want to hear it. Maybe there are people who need to hear it. You yes. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 Our, uh, that's, that's where we've got to follow that our heart for the, the one or two passions and giftings that we have because um, mm -hmm. we don't know who needs to receive what we can uniquely create. You know, we, we have a, we all have a unique ability uh, to make something and it's it, without naming a whole bunch of vocations and as you see how it can apply to education or to engineering or to science or to music or writing or the arts. I mean, it's, it's, it's every, aspect of life that it, that something can be created by each person you know yeah, yeah. i would i was listening to another podcast and uh they were talking about if god has gifted you with something who are you not to use it mm -hmm. you know what i mean and a few minutes ago stanton you said if you didn't do music to like the world you'd be defiant you know because yeah. if you've been gifted with something like that who are we not to share that gift right that's right. Um, yeah, we have we have to follow follow that uh, 
that stirring that's um, mm-hmm. you know, unique to us and, and trust, you know, so, and surrender their, the results, just, just um, try to do the next step. Um, and and I, I promise <laughs> being a financial certified financial planner in the past and my analytical wiring, my, my wife and I are both very planning oriented and we'd love to know all the steps of the future. We'd much prefer to know like, what are the next 10 things that are going to happen? <laughs> I'm <laughs> with you. <laughs> but you have to, you have to trust, like do the one thing you know to do today. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing, Will, will reveal itself like you, uh, like I, in the beginning, I, I was really stirred to buy a computer and buy a keyboard so that I could have more fun with music, like, like play some old songs that are do some recording just for fun. But I really felt I should take those two steps, get a, get a keyboard and get a computer so you can record a couple of months later. It was like, you need, I want you to take, this is like God's in my heart. I want you to take a verse from scripture and write an instrumental melody. Hmm. And, and I didn't get that clear revelation until I had the keyboard and the computer. Um, so I didn't, I didn't buy a keyboard and a, and a computer because I, I knew that I was going to write an instrumental song for the first time in my life. I had always written songs with lyrics Wow. But, but I, it really showed me how if you have a stirring to take a step, we, of, of course, we want to know the next five steps, you know, or the next 10. But yeah. we, we, we might have a sense of, of a few that are ahead, but we don't really know for sure. But if we take that one step, that another step reveals itself um, in, in the right time. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's uh, and it's, you know, when you look back, it all seems like it happened in a hurry, but, but it doesn't. Uh, no. So anyway, the, the, that's how it, uh, when I started writing melodies and then, you know, I was, I had done a few and people started to hear them. And then, then a person said, Hey, when are you going to have a CD? Um, and I had about five songs, you know, like, well, that's a good idea. Maybe if I get five more, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll have 10. I, I wanted to reach double digits, the, the analytical me, you know, you got You can't do an album with nine songs. You know? Yeah. It's gotta be 10. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I've, when I got 10, I did my first uh, CD and you know, there's like a picture with my mom holding the CD, you know, that had me take piano lessons. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> so yeah. Cause I almost, I almost quit the piano in the seventh grade because of sports. Um, a lot of a lot of men, interestingly, with athletics, they'll they don't want to do music uh, as much. But right. I'm so glad I did both. I played basketball and I I, I stayed at the piano. My and I, the story goes, my parents didn't let me quit because I really did want to quit. But I made it through seventh grade, and then the eighth grade, I started to really realize I, I enjoyed being able to go to the piano um, to after school or in the evening or practicing or whatever. And and then in the ninth grade, I wrote the first song. So then it all started wow. to, the composing started to happen. So that's yeah. another thing is not to quit and to encourage our children <clears throat> or our grandchildren or who, whoever the young people are to speak life into their gifts and talents and to encourage them and be a, be a life speaking, you know, encourager to them and not like, Oh, well, that's great that you love this. But if you major in business, you'll have more options. That's right. <clears throat> to, to speak the, the life into their dream and their calling. Yeah. Or because sometimes I hear this and it'll be like, well, it's great that you like that, but how are you going to make money at it? Right. You know? it's, so, it's, it's, it's well intended. <laughs> you know, it's practical. It's practical wisdom. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it changed. Uh, 
my life. It changed our family, changed our, the trajectory of our children. And just, and then I'm a, I want to be an encourager to everyone I encounter and speak life into their life. You know, I want to be, mm-hmm. I want to be a, I want to lift them up, you know, and encourage them. So that's kind of a encouragement as one of my ways I'm wired to somehow a little bit more optimistic, you know? <laughs> yep. That's a good thing. So yeah. Stanton, there are a number of things there that I really, that really resonated for me. Mm. Um, the first that was the do one thing today. Like when you said, you know, get, you got the keyboard and you got the computer. You didn't yeah. know the steps after that. And I think that like, we always hear you should have a vision and some people do. And, and, and I kind of, I'm jealous of those people <laughs> because mm-hmm. a lot of times I don't have the vision. I just have this inkling of, okay, I can take this step. And then once I take that step, I'll figure out the next step. So I don't think it needs to be a barrier if we don't have the big vision. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. I, I found myself admiring and envying people that from the time they were a child knew what they wanted to do. Yeah. And that's what they did for their whole life. They became a doctor or they, this kind of doctor, you know, they became a brain surgeon and they wanted to do that since they were 10 years old. Um, and some people's stories are like that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, even our kids, you know, one is, one was more like that. And one is still sort of finding uh, the this significant purpose and calling, you know? Um, but so for me, I, I, it's, we have to trust that God is at work and he uses all the parts of our story. Um, but the exciting thing is that we have an opportunity to make a decision today that can change the future. Yeah. You know, wherever we, wherever we are in our life story, whatever season, however old we are, um, it's never too late. Um, and there is a, there's a grace and a fresh start to each new day, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And if, and we all have some dreams in our heart. I mean, maybe it's a place to go travel to see, or, but it could be to make something or, try something that we think we could do, but we're not sure, you know, these kinds of things are all important. Um, the different kinds of dreams we can have. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing I really wanted to go back to, cause you said it a few times okay. is that earlier in your career, you really felt like you were striving too hard or trying too hard. Yeah. Can you like, how did you know that? Well, I thought it was, I thought it was a good thing that I wanted to do well and make more money than average, you know, or do, or try to just be strong, you know, financially and relationally and, you know, be kind of be successful in business, you know, have a, a great income that was growing a lot or, you know, and then be a good husband and eventually maybe be a good dad one day, you know, these are back in the, just in the beginnings of our marriage. Um, so that was, it was well meant, but I was, uh, I was too focused on the, the money goal, uh, mm. versus the purpose goal. And that's, that's what eventually led to that surrender. So I wasn't, I wasn't really aware of it until I was coming up unfulfilled in different jobs that I tried to do to be successful. Um, yeah. and so if we're not fulfilled in our work, if you know, no job is a hundred percent fun all the time, I mean, it, it's work. Um, but if we're, if we're not enjoying our work, you know, 80 to 90% of the time, if it's sort of like 20 or 30%, if it's, it's really a minority, you know, uh, less than half the time that we're having fun with our work, then there's more fulfilling work for you. You know, you can, find right. something, you can find something that you'll enjoy more. And then when you're, 
when you have a passion and a gift that you're following with your work, I mean, the provision will come. Um, you, you're, you're going, your needs are going to be met. Um, you might make a lot of money. You might make enough, you know, or, or it's going to work out, but it's, the goal is not lots of money or it wasn't for me. I mean, I'm, it's great if people have that goal and they achieve that. Um, but there's more to life than, than money too. you know, people and relationships are actually the priceless. Uh, there's a lot of priceless things, you know, memories and, and people more than um, things. So, yeah. Well, and I think Stanton, you, you, you hit it on the head there with it's what's fulfilling for you. Yeah. Right. And right. with that, so you have your website's amazing and, and you've got a whole bunch of songs and I was, I was tooling around on YouTube mm. <laughs> and listening to some of them and there so many of them are so beautiful. Mm. There was one that as soon as it started, like it just, it just grabbed my heart. And, wow. and, and I have to say, there's an absolutely beautiful video to go with it. And yeah. I wanted to talk to you about this one. Okay. It was the walking on air. Oh, wow. And, and I was like, why does this, why do I love this so much? Why do I love it so much? And then I read and I'm like, I, now I understand. So can you kind of give us a little bit about like where you were and, um, and what that, yeah. what that song's about? Yeah, there's, this is this is exciting stuff to talk about. I appreciate you asking, <laughs> Bobby. Um, I mean, it, music is amazing. I mean, you you really don't know what's going to happen, and you, but you're trying to write something really, that'll really sing to the heart, so to speak. You know, even instrumental melody. So yeah, over the years, they're they're all really special melodies, and they're strong. You know, they're uh, just have a melodic uh, ability. And and I've grown in that. That's like back to the computer keyboard before the song idea happening. Just over the years, writing more and more melodies. Like it just there's a there's a growing in your craft, um, or there's an equipping. You know, when we follow the calling that mm-hmm. we have. So, walking on air comes in somewhere around like the hundred and twentieth song or something like that. Or wow. and some of these I just call it being elevated. Like when you for a painter or for a author or a musician. Um, anyway, when you're in the world of art, some particular pieces of art just kind of elevate, like, like people love this painting the most, you know, or this. So some of the songs just kind of, and I, and what's happened over time is I get, I get really emotional when I'm writing it and it happens. It's almost like it's the, you know, one description is there, they're, they're coming down from heaven and I'm just trying to capture the, the melody like it's really feels mm-hmm. like it's coming down through me um and it can take hours or days or weeks for a really for a song for a melody to happen and the components of a song so walking on air they they all of my song titles and all the melodies are like a journal of my life just the redemptive story of god mm-hmm. sort of transforming me to that childlike wonder and awe and that coming alive that we talked about earlier yeah so for me for a chemistry major that was in a lab from noon to six like six hours of laboratory classes like for for a couple of years I mean just a couple days a week in labs to walk on air like to be light of step yeah (laughs) it's so so opposite of like a chemistry lab unless you love chemistry see if you that's right if you love research I mean that's amazing but for me I was I was striving to be a chemist um, so walk on an air is, is so, um, has this peaceful joy of just an assurance, uh, 
and it came out of a scripture about Hannah in the Bible when she was expecting the Samuel, who was going to be a great prophet. Um, she was pregnant with Samuel, and she was so excited. One of the scripture versions said it was like she was walking on air. Um, and there's another passage that says, just it's talking about, it's in the Psalms, how good that God has been to us. Um, where he, he's so good and gracious. You know, it's like we're walking on air, just thinking on how the blessings mm-hmm. of our life, you know? Yeah. So it's the, it's, it's the, um, over the past number of years, the, the music video filming with like DSLR cameras and a drone and just different technology to make them really beautiful and go to, go to beautiful places at sunrise and sunset. Well, the unique thing about walking on air is I was in British Columbia really? to play a concert weekend, um, up, up in British Columbia. And, um, I found a video company there. It's the only one that hasn't been done by me and my son or me and a friend here in Atlanta. Like I, they're all self-produced, um, wow. except for walk on air, which I, I, uh, had the keyboard and, and this, these couple of guys with the, with the cameras and the drone. And, uh, we filmed it at sunset in British Columbia up, up on a hillside, kind of away from town. And, um, when you're at the golden hour of a sunrise or a sunset, I mean, and you're away from man-made things, like so yep. you're just in nature, um, it can just be beautiful anywhere, really. But if you add the, the mountains or a, a breeze or a field or the ocean or things like this, that's what you see in the in the videos that I've made from. And I, and I try to make them from the songs that really people really are spoken to like they're just really sort of the elevated melodies that people love so much and they become favorites you know they're, they're sort of still walking on air is like a top five or ten kind of favorite song there's like awaken the dawn and bread of angels and walking on air and breathe um there's several titles that every project you know has a few that just rise up and but but, but i start tearing up when they're happening and i'm like this is going to be <laughs> If it makes me cry when I'm like writing it, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is going to reach people's hearts, you know, Cause yeah. I, and I just have this connection to the music that way. It, it, yeah. It, I'll tell you what, Stanton, it definitely, it definitely connected with me. Like it was, it was amazing. It just really touched me. And, and then I went, I was looking at your blog post that was related to it. And I think that's the yeah. one where you were on this, like you were in Vermont and you yeah. and with with the with the uh, camera on a timer and like you were swinging and it was, oh yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> if you think about childlike awe, yeah, there's a, that was oh, awesome. Right, maybe I yeah, I just connected that memory with walking on air. There's it's this we have this sense of wonder, yeah, the wonder and awe and childlike. You know, like I I used to climb trees as a little boy and would go up oh. to the top and just look, look out on the world and the breeze would be blowing and I'd see the birds flying by. You know, and you just feel just amazed by creation and just um, that, that God is bigger than us, you know, um, but mm-hmm. he cares for us anyway. Um, yeah. The swing in Vermont is at the top of a hill that I spent um, for after three albums, three, 30, 30 melodies and doing three CDs myself um, for 10 years. And for the next um, six albums, I uh, worked with Will Ackerman, a, a, a Grammy winning guitarist and producer he he started Wyndham Hill Records and did George Winston like people may remember this um he's a he's a brilliant guitarist and um, anyway he produced and so in Vermont where I would record these albums there was a the top of a hill with a big swing and of this kind of a small mountain or just this view so 
I knew it was up there, but I had never captured a picture or a video there. Um, and so I set the timer yeah, and, and got the, I tried, started swinging real quick and tried to make sure I was at the peak of the swing. Um, I think it was the second try, <laughs> <laughs> but, but to be out, to be on a, this swing has like 50 foot chains. Like wow. so, so you're can swing the arc of the swing is you're on this 50 foot uh, and you can go out over the, the hill that's going down and then the mountains of Vermont are out in the distance. Um, so that feeling of being on the sw a swing like that, that's extra big and swings really big. And just, you're on this high place is what it in our heart, you know, walking on air feels like, um, mm -hmm. like the, when we're, when we're, some of us love to walk on the beach and some like to walk a mountain trail or be in an open field, or we all have like these Vista, these Vista places that we love sort of the most. And that's those, the feeling we get in our favorite open space, which is another, <laughs> another song called open spaces, but Vistas like that are, are making us, that's what walking on air to me is like, the the essence of it you know when you're just sort of so amazed um but and, and we can be amazed in our life story you know and in what when we follow that purpose that we have and use our gifts to be a blessing to other people yeah a couple a couple of questions came to mind one is because yeah. you said that you have some that are just kind of like the top five whatever as you're writing yeah. them like do you know you said that you know oh this is going to connect do you know which ones are going to be popular or, or have you ever been surprised by that it's well over if this is all this is over time it's like i've alluded to some like with years of experience and practice um and the you know we've some of us we've heard about the ten thousand hours thing where you if you oh, spend yeah. ten thousand hours doing something i mean you become you become another level of expertise you know um so the um yeah you maybe start thinking about the musical structure a little bit or some of the technical things that would be painful to to watch if you sat there watching me work on you know 30 seconds of music for a for a half a day yeah or, or a day um but um it started to be where, like I, the way I say it is they're all very special, like every melody, uh, and you have to let melodies speak to people. Like people can have their own favorite and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be my favorite or what I think should be their favorite. Um, right. That was another, that was another freeing thing that happened in the early years. Eventually is like, I thought people should like this song more than that one, but they, they liked another one. And I was like, <laughs> Instead of me explaining why this one was so special, um, I just need to say thank you so much. <laughs> That's right. What I'm hearing there too is whatever your craft is, right? Yeah. If it's storytelling, if it's writing, if it's, you know, whatever, that it's something that you work at, you know, yeah. you work continually to really become a master of the craft. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, know, there's, there's reward in the effort. Yeah, just be being patient yeah. and being diligent. And I... I it just triggers one of the thought as, as for adults, we tend to take life more seriously, mm -hmm. especially like if we're going to, like you said, if we're working on a story that we're writing or maybe we're going to speak it and we're going to speak a story to a group um, to not take ourselves too seriously and remember to be more like a child, just mm -hmm. to, and just have fun in the process uh, and lighten, lighten up your attitude, you know, to have more joy because this is what's, that's what I didn't, 
I had joy in me, but it wasn't coming out as much in my first 30 years of my life. but now it's the last 20. I mean, you might think I'm an extrovert, but I'm, I'm cause it's just cause the joy in my calling, but, but I'm really, I love being by myself writing, writing music, you know, as well as playing a concert for an audience. Um, but, but a beautiful sort of revelation and I've thought about is how important silence and solitude are to receive creative inspiration or to, to listen. So there's this combination of the private solitary life and then the public joy, you know, storytelling element, using these as symbols, you know, um, for, for how we're equipped and how we're, um, how we can be inspired to share. Yeah. In the, the silence and the solitude. Yeah. I think that resonates a lot for me because I am pretty much in the middle between introvert and extrovert. So I'm I'm Mm -hmm. more of that ambivert, probably lean more to the introverted side, but you know, after a day of facilitation or coaching, I want to go for a walk and I want to be quiet. And I, I, cause that, that's how I get that, that recharge. And I've often wondered like in our society today, yeah. when there's so much where we're over-programmed, you know, on a daily basis, do we have enough, if you want to call it margin or white space or solitude to really get that, the reconnection so that we can be creative and joyful and all that kind of stuff. Right. This is the, this is the being versus doing. That's the best, yeah. that's my description. I've, and I've blogged about that before. So my, like my music that I write, I want it to speak into people's being uh, time, you know, when they're, when they're receiving and listening and being inspired. Um, and that's what, to your point, it's, it's, it's missing the, the noise of life, if you will, or the noise yeah. and the busyness of the world is the doing. And if we, mm-hmm. um, spend too much of our time consuming or being uh, caught up in the doing and we're not investing time in just being to, to sort of have a blank page and a pen or be at our computer or our tablet or what, however people want to sort of journal or just see what's being inspired in their life. That, that requires the solitude and the being time. And it really, it really um, energizes our, our doing time. Like, yeah. so, so, like back to the walking on air as example that I, that, that song took, um, took weeks or before it was finished, you know, it was, um, the pieces of it came, but it took time, but all of that was in if using the being and doing analogy. That was the being time, like the weeks it took to create that and to get it just right was all invisible mm-hmm. to the world. Um, right. And, and solitude. But then the doing is the wonder of like, it goes out into the world and then I was able to make a video that you saw. You know? That's right. And it was amazing. So, so the, but see that all the power of that doing is rooted in the being. And that's, that's a, that's a, you know, there's, it's a mysterious and magical kind of thing. I mean, but it's something uh, hopefully challenges and encourages your, your listeners, you know, like, wow, what if I did spent 30 minutes, you know, to just kind of listen and be quiet and, um, and then the, their, their doing will become more productive and fruitful and, you know, more energized and even their creativity might even expand, which we would think if like you and I, if we just work 24 seven creating that it, we would create more, mm-hmm. but you actually, if you take a break and rest and that's why vacations are important and rhythms in our life, you know, to, to pause, press the pause button, you know, or to unplug from technology and put our phone away for a, a day or several days or whatever. Um, and then, 
watch out what you'll uh, what you might create, and it might happen a lot more quickly than you think. Sometimes creating. Yeah. So Stanton, that brings up a question for me. What do you do to create that being time for yourself? Yeah, I, I mean, some people call it quiet time or just um, being away from people or being in a, like in our home, I can be uh, maybe up a little bit earlier in the morning than the family was when the kids were growing up. Um, sometimes I can go off to a place and take a walk or be, be by myself out in nature. Um, mm-hmm. But just a quiet place in your home. I mean, we sort of, all of us kind of have a go-to chair or a little lamp, <laughs> yeah. a little lamp, a little lamp on a side table. <laughs> That's right. And maybe, and maybe we put our headphones on and we put some music on or, or just, we like to read there or we like to, to reflect or journal or, um, um, anyway, so it, it can be any place where we can be, have some, have some quiet, uh, to be in more of a listening and a learning posture mm. of receiving, you know, and then mm-hmm. we can, that that uh and 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 it another just an interesting realization over time like so I, so 20 years writing instrumental music um every now and then i'm reminded that i stopped listening to the radio really um because i was writing music and i was needing to listen to these instrumentals to see if i liked them and see if they were finished um so i here it is 20 years later and i've really when i'm in the car um, I don't have any, any noise. Like I, it's, it's been mostly instrumental music. Hmm. Um, I like songs and even like worship songs and things, but I kind of oddly, maybe I don't, um, over listen to, to words and, uh, music like people might think. I mean, I, it does weave its way in some, but I'm really, uh, I've been creating, you know, kind of like a song every month and a half or two for 20 years. So that's wow. how there's like 140 now. So, so I've, I've took the practice of the quiet time in the chair with the lamp, you know, the favorite spot <laughs> in your house to sort of in the car, uh, not having media coming into my head that was going to fill me with different thoughts and words and problems and issues and pain or, you know, just the, t- the suffering, the, the hard things of the world. Not that we're, to isolate ourselves from that because that that's where I'm like, even, even recent things in our culture and with this year of 2020, all the things happening is just to love people. Well, one person at a time that we all mm-hmm. are made in God's image and God loves each one of us and we're very unique, but, and we need to be an ambassador for loving others, you know? Um, and I just, I heard recently that a, a good way to think of love is like the fear. Cause we talked about fear and uncertainty, like, Oh, well, how am yeah. I supposed to do this? thing that I think I'm supposed to do is it supposed to be full-time or part-time or how many hours a week should I do this <laughs> um we're afraid you know and the opposite of fear is love instead of the opposite of fear being courage or being fortitude it's beautiful huh. to think of loving being opposite of fear so that if we can each bring more love into the world and to people and have grace and kindness um it makes the world a better place you know one person at a time yeah that is, that's a great way to think about it. That's really cool. So maybe, yeah, even my, you know, my, my music is like a love song for the listener. You know, I'm trying, I'm loving mm-hmm. them through this instrumental melody. And I just want it to be received that way with so much grace and beauty. And it's like, wow, you know, um, and, and, and really it's, 
I'm the agent of this or kind of the messenger, but I mean, God, God's peace and hope and love hopefully comes through. And that's where it gets bigger. And people are like, wow, maybe, maybe God's trying to reach me, you know, yeah, <laughs> or say something to my heart, you know, or just, uh, wow, I needed some peace and comfort right now, you know, whatever's mm-hmm. going on in life. Yeah. I think that when, when I listen to your music, there's, I, I think that, I think that clearly comes through. And with that, how can people like how, how can they learn more about what you're doing or listen to your music or hear your music? Yeah, well, I mean, these days, um, just typing Stanton Lanier, um, you know, on Google is going to bring up the website stantonlanier.com. But just like, like you mentioned earlier, all the YouTube videos, there's music videos and there's sheet music and there's the songs are on all the streaming services you know spotify pandora apple music amazon mp3 or google and youtube i mean just every music service uh, and this is over time little by little step by step but it's just it's just available everywhere you people listen to music so that that's been a that's an encouragement to people too how things change and times change and how we're like the the cd was the era that i began in Mm-hmm. And now we're streaming music. We're not even really downloading or buying the music. We're streaming it. So, but when we're following that passion, God will make a way. Like He'll take care of us, even if things change in the technology or the way things are happening in the world. Um, so people can just look my name up and find some favorites, you know, top songs on Spotify, for example, or wherever, they, or go to YouTube and put my name in. Or anyway, there's the website has a lot of things to help guide people too. So perfect. I love what you said there too, Stanton, that what what it triggered for me was, you know, because things are going to change. <laughs> Nothing stays the same. And, and just to have that, that confidence that th- things will, things will still be okay. You know, we'll, we'll still figure things out. Right. So any final words of wisdom or ideas for people, if they're thinking about stepping more into their calling or anything like that? Right. Well, <clears throat> I mean, one of my, this, I'm thinking if there's there a verse to share, but also just a, just a, a couple of thoughts, but one of, one of the first verses I, I took to heart and it was a long time before I knew another one, but back in, back in my teen years, fear not for I'm with you. Um, be not dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my victorious right hand. So fear not and do not be afraid was really something I, I grabbed onto as a teenager. And it was just there as a, but I was afraid, you know, so I'd have to say, remember, you know, fear not. So I would say, mm. be, be a little less afraid because God cares for each of us and wants to take care of us, wants us to know how much he loves us. And then, so less fear and then more joy, more, um, more of that uh, climbing the tree as a child or riding the bicycle or playing with your dolls or playing with the, the trucks on the dirt pile or whatever it was as children that brought us alive. Um, that we, we, we bring that joy for me, like shooting a basketball, you know, playing, mm-hmm. playing basketball. I really loved basketball. I was going to be a pro basketball player, you know, um, but it didn't happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but so whatever those childlike uh, pursuits and joy, they gave us joy, bring some more joy to our life as an adult. So less fear and more joy. That'd be, that's a, that's a nice way to keep it simple, I guess. And 
if we could all do that, that would be absolutely amazing. But yes. I love that. And I love, the, I love the imagery there and what you said. So Stanton, thank Good. you so much for joining me. This has been terrific. Oh, you're welcome, Bobby. I'm honored to be with you and just uh, blessings to you. Well, thank you. I hope that you enjoyed hearing about Stanton's journey and that it provides inspiration to you that the path we start on doesn't have to be the path we stay on. We can always shift. Here are some of my favorite takeaways. Number one, find the thing that makes you come alive and then pursue it, either as a vocation or as a hobby. Two, there is value in noticing if we are striving too hard at something. Sometimes striving is healthy and part of the process, and sometimes it could be signaling to us that we are just fighting too hard to swim against the current, against who we really are and what we really value. Number three, do the one thing that you know to do today and let the other steps unfold. The lack of a grand or big vision doesn't have to be a barrier to action. Number four, he spoke of the inner affirmation versus the external affirmation. I think we can often miss the external affirmations because we're busy and focused. One thing that I've done is that I've started to print out supportive and affirming emails that I receive and I have posted them in a spot in my studio where I can see them every day. This gives me a sense of momentum, and it also helps when discouragement tries to knock at my door. Number five, we need white space in our lives to allow creativity to grow. And I think this is one that so many of us are missing because we're so overprogrammed. We have so much going on. We're always running at the red line. How do we create the margin and the white space to be and allow creativity to take hold. Number six, his final note, which I wrote down and posted on my board, and it is this, less fear and more joy. What are those things that brought you joy as a kid or that bring you joy now? And how can you be intentional about creating space for those things at least once a day? I hope that you found some takeaways that will, as Stanton said, speak life into your gifts and your life. If you found this podcast helpful, please consider subscribing as well as leaving us a five-star review below. Also, if you know someone who could benefit from the podcast and the message that we are spreading, please tell them about it. This has been the Unyielded Podcast, and I believe that thriving isn't a destination. It is a process an evolution where we are continuing to expand who we are. It is how we grow into who we were meant to be and how we become our very best selves. And it's also, I believe, how we make the world a better place. My life's work is to change the world for the better, one life at a time. I hope that you'll help me do that by sharing the word. To close out the episode, Please enjoy this part of Stanton's music from the track we talked about earlier, Walking on Air. And thank you so much, Stanton, for letting us use your music to do this. Enjoy. Enjoy.